0: Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Do not bet college football without watching or listening to this podcast. My handicapping secrets, the real meat on how to bet college football, and three solid week one college football picks all straight ahead. And welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. That is Millennial Entrepreneur Anthony Verrill. All views in the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests in this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice. And the views in this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. Anthony, good to see you, my friend. Man, I am jacked for these shows lately because good I, to you know, here as well. We're getting so close to college football, so close to NFL season. I was watching preseason games, like a complete degen on the weekend. I was betting all sorts of overs. I was hitting all sorts of overs on the weekend. I think the over went something like 8-2 and or 9-2 and in NFL games, which you know means coming this weekend, uh, it's going to be under city in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – I mean, I've been watching them all too. I mean, I can't get more excited than for when the NFL and college football comes around because I know what I'm actually doing on the weekend um sunday i'm either playing golf early saturday i'm playing golf early and then watching football or doing some like dgen shit with my friends um so i mean it's it, it's it's really good it's like the weekends are now active and fun again um since we've all grown up and we don't really day drink anymore just for any reason on the uh on saturday and sunday now we have a reason to for football yeah hey um, day drinking's back it's good. fantastic yeah it's good it's like fantasy wagering weekend activities there's no boring, like, just lag. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love watching golf, but I'd rather be watching football um, on a Saturday. I mean, golf to me is interesting on Sunday. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's the best time of the year once uh, once college and the pros come back.
0: Yeah, and I can say to my wife, like, I don't even have to say anymore. Like, week one, she'll know. And then it'll get into a rhythm of Sunday's just a write-off. And then we'll be back to regular Correct. routine back in the, you know, the late winter, early spring. But you lose me for 17 weeks, and uh, there's no better yeah. reason than football. And hey, it's great time.
1: Great time of the year.
0: We are here on our, our podcast, of course, to educate you on how to make money, whether you're investing in the space, investing in the games. We really want to give you that edge, a little bit of education. I've been doing this handicapping shit for a very long time, so sharing it uh, is sort of, I don't know, I'm a bit passionate about it. I don't mind. Like, I know there's a lot of guys that are very tight-lipped about how they handicap certain sports. I'm just not that guy. Like, that's just not me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, to be honest, I've never been someone that's really, like, stri- like uh, methodically, like, handicapping. I, I mean, to be honest, the, the, the notes that you sent me, I got a fucking kick out of today because most of the bad things on there are what I usually use in my betting <laughs> thesis. Um, and it's continually probably why I've said on the show before. It's like from a wagering perspective, I'm, I win sometimes, but my losses are usually greater. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 it, it, it's a science to some it's it's throwing darts to others. And I mean, I'm kind of sitting in the happy medium of that.
0: Well, let's dive right in. I'm going to have three picks for you for college football week one, or week zero as they call it, then then week one. The lines are already up. Let's talk college football. It can be fucking daunting, college football. You look at a board, yeah. you don't know where to begin. You've got Thursday night games, Friday night games. You've got all sorts of different conferences. I think the best thing you can ever do is first off, if you've got the time and you're not too late on it right now, it's mid-August. You should probably do this in July but mid-August, you should be putting out a set of power ratings. Make your own power ratings. Do your own reading. Do your own research. That's what I do. So I will rank teams quite literally from 1 to 100. Uh, You saw the AP, the college football rankings that came out the other day. Uh, You had Alabama at the top. You had Ohio State followed by Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Texas A&M. I'll give you the full top 10. uh, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor do the similar kind of thing do what the AP does sit down and write all of those out because that will help guide you first through the first couple of weeks of the season and then you can make adjustments to your own power ratings accordingly I make lines does this sound crazy to you I make lines for the games before I even read the lines that the bookmakers have put out
1: I mean I I I love it I wish I took that I wish I took that level of detail um to the uh to, to, to to the science of betting Like I said, I'd probably be better off for it. I'd probably be in your position where I'm doing it more on a structured basis and and coming out on a better plus minus um, on a weekly basis. But I mean, yeah, coming up with your own lines, there's probably nothing better that you can do. If you fundamentally understand what's going to go on from a statistical perspective, I mean, you can definitely make more educated decisions in your process with these games. Because like you've said before, I mean, these books, they want to catch you with certain lines. They want to catch you with certain points that psychologically you think are attractive. So if you can kind of weed out that bias and create your own um, set of numbers, and if those numbers match up to the numbers that are coming out of the book, and you can make that decision from a more educated uh, standpoint, you're always going to be off for for, for the better.
0: And, and here's one of the keys, and you're bang on with what you said there, but here's one of the keys that goes along with that. We get way too swayed as betters. And I want everybody who listens to this podcast to write this down. Leave a comment, by the way, in our comment section. We'd love to hear from you on this. If you've you're got a game, to, you're looking you're at You're about
1: but... to say what I'm the worst. You're about to say what I'm the worst at, and I'm pretty okay. sure it's going to come down the pipe.
0: All right. right, If you write things down, if you create your own power rankings, if you create your own spreads and then line it up with what the spreads are, so don't look ahead and don't cheat, It's going to allow you to stay away from getting influenced too much by what you just saw and what everybody's talking about, because that is the worst mistake. God, I I feel like I'm dropping I'm dropping like jewels here to everybody. So pick them up and take them home with you. Do not get swayed from what has just happened. Train yourself to ignore a team's record. You look at schedules in college football specifically, they're unbalanced. So while a favorite in a game might be seven and two and an underdog might be five and four, that team with the better the weaker record could actually be the better team. You've got to keep perspective and allowing yourself to set your own parameters. I preach this to anybody who will listen is exactly what you need to do to get away from the influence of, oh, I saw that that's red hot last weekend so it must be true this weekend. That's not a thing in college football betting.
1: No, not at all. It's, it, it couldn't be more, more, more false. I mean, it's all about conferences. Um, it's not about records and it's not about your last body of work. It's, it's sure your last yes. body of work, but who'd you play? If Miami blows out Bethune-Cookman 63 to nothing, then they got to go to College Station the next week and play Texas A&M. That's, that's apples to oranges or apples to Pineapples, stars. Come I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just completely not analogous whatsoever. Um, you can't do that in college NFL different story I think but college it's it's not what you did last week it's what who you're looking at right now, where you're playing, what you're playing in as far as the conditions go and then like conference play because I mean the the, the elevation and talent from conference to conference, is uh, it's it's not even comparable at some places across the board.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought me to conference play because that's the other big thing that I look at. There is value, massive value in non-prime time games, smaller conference games. You look at the Power Five conferences, oh, yeah. what they stand at now. I know there's going to be big changes over the next couple of years, but the SEC, the Big Twelve, the ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten, um, the public bets those. They bet them heavily. But if you're looking for some yeah. of those softer numbers out there, the rest of conferences, the rest of the conferences in football are still in play. The odds makers, they only have two sets of eyes and a data team and an analytics team that can only concentrate on so much. They're not going to be able to put the right lines on every single game in every single conference. You as the better... Have a real opportunity there to look around, whether it's the MAC, whether it's, you know, you you name it, uh, the WAC, any of the conferences that aren't the majors, to see where those soft lines exist. They do exist there, and you want to stay away, as much as it's tempting to bet what's on television and what's in front of you, you want to try to stay away from those bigger conference games.
1: It's funny you say that, because if you listen to the radio and you listen to any of these uh, these wagering shows or channels or these picks, picks guys... Yeah. When it comes to college, it's usually their lock of the week is not the SEC game of the week, no. it's not the ACC game of the week. It's usually some obscure like Southern Miss versus like Oregon State um, that just happens to be like a mismatch out of two out of conference play uh, games, and then they and then they just they, they they identify it, they isolate it, and then they go big on it. Um, and that's it's actually funny you say that because I was wondering that last season. A lot of the guys like, yeah, my lock of the week is like southern idaho against uh umass it's not like alabama um at home against and let lsu me ask,
0: let me ask what you said to yourself when you heard the guy say this because i'm going to guess what you said was why the fuck would i bet that when i can't Correct. watch it when i'm not going to be entertained by it Correct. and what what are you in yeah. the business of doing are you in the business of yeah, making, making money or are you in the business of being entertained because those yeah. are two different things
1: oh 100 100 and honestly after i caught on I didn't really look at it from a lens that you just alluded to, but I was like, hmm, maybe there's something here. These guys are looking at these games under a different lens, and they're isolating them because maybe it's an outlier by the book. But those games usually were hidden. um, That were those obscure games. They're like, yeah, this is a lock. This is a mismatch. This is where we need to go this week. Um, I I, I followed them, and I mean, a lot of those were winners uh, most of the time.
0: And here's, I'm going to give you give you a tip to go further in this. Is as I handicap things, what I tend to do, and I, I call myself this, I think it's arrogant and I like it, become a conference specialist. Find two yeah. medium or small conferences that you can put your attention to. And it's not like the old days where you have to wait for the highlights. You can go and actually watch the games. You can stream any game, anywhere. They're all televised and broadcast in some dimension, whether it's the, the home conference's website, uh, whether it's a local feeder school, they've got feeds where you can watch these teams play become a specialist in two medium size or two two, a medium and a small conference. And then one big conference. What you want to do is limit the number of games. You're going to hone your skills in on dial your concentration in on. You're also going to start to know, you know, much like watching a division in the NFL, you're going to start to know the players. You're going to start to know the coaching schemes, what they're best at, what they're, what they're bad at. So strengths and weaknesses become a conference specialist. And I think when you use the strategy we just talked about, and then really hone down on what these teams are all about, like 70% of my action is dedicated to three major conferences for a college football season, 70%. I leave 30% for shits and giggles and a little bit of entertainment because I get sucked in from time to time too. I'm only human. But that's really where I focus on things because you're going to be stronger with that kind of information.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm probably guilty of this. I I bet a lot on the SEC games. Um, I usually like to watch them since they're the most attractive ones and they're usually on primetime TV. Um, but that being said, the SEC is a gauntlet. I mean, Alabama, as good as they are, they can lose at any given time. And they have in prior seasons, LSU, the same, a the same, um, Florida, the same. Um, it's probably to everyone's best interest to be looking at those conferences outside of the power five. Um, like you said, really identifying the got the teams that you want to follow and then figuring out a strategy from there.
0: Yeah. And and let me let me add this, because I think when you talk about the conferences, the power conferences, especially Alabama, I mean, I've got a big problem with Alabama uh, because it's the way that that the bookmakers handle teams like Alabama. And they're a great example. Oh, yeah. There's something in the industry called shaded lines. I don't know if you've ever heard of of this practice, but what what ends up happening is bookies know full well that teams like Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan are going to attract bets like the public is going to bet on them. So what they do, it's the equivalent of basically pricing something, and you'll understand this from the the market perspective. This is the equivalent of pricing something in a way that a consumer knows that they're not getting any value, but they buy it anyway. So they're they're interested in it. They know it has no value to it, but they buy it because they want it. It's something they really want. So what bookmakers do with the shaded line is they will literally, and I'm not kidding. I've watched them do this. I've talked to bookies about this. They'll add 15 cents. To a to a price simply based on the fact they know people will buy it which means you are getting ripped off if you're inter, if you're interested in betting a team like Alabama or Ohio State most of the time
1: Yeah I mean I'm'm I'm, I, I didn't notice it until you brought it up a while ago but it that that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean people are people that have a predisposition to be betting on those favorites. Um, people that have a predisposition to be betting on favorites in general and I mean in college football it's probably the most you get burned. Um, betting on the favorites because it could be upset special any any given Saturday, yeah,
0: it's kind of like buying a, a really nice car right that you know you might not have a resale value the second you buy it off bring it off the lot. you wanted it, you overpaid for it you, you b- drove it off the lot and the value was gone, just like kickoff you know a team scores an underdog scores against an Alabama they're going get your value completely your your bet's yeah. worthless at that point,
1: oh yeah, completely.
0: uh we also should talk about something like home field advantage. I think it's something that's very overvalued in college football uh, it's do real, you? yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, I I think that when you look at home field advantage, you've got recreational betters that love betting home teams. Oddmakers, makers do exactly what I just said. They shade the line. You look at a lot of these teams. Three points is where the the home field advantage usually lies. I I think a lot of the time when you look at whiteout conditions like you know Penn State does, you can almost you can almost have a home field advantage that works against the home team. These are kids after all. These aren't grown ass men that were that are playing out there. I'm not sure it gives them as much of a a leg up as it does in the pros.
1: I don't know if I agree with you there. Okay. Um, I think that I definitely see what you're saying. Um, I guess my point of view on that is the home field. I've seen a lot of really dominant teams come out with jitters. Um, Sometimes you see that underdog that's on the road, um, put up a quick touchdown, uh, make a big play Um, And then once the home team settles in, usually they can control the narrative, feed off the crowd, and really start to dominate the game. Um, It's what FSU made a living on when Jameis Winston was there. Um, I'll never forget that season. I mean, they had people come into Doe Campbell on a weekly basis and run up the score in the first half. Um, They'd be down uh, 17. They'd be down 28. They'd be down 30. And then they come out the second half, they settle in, and they beat the pants off of the teams
0: but they would they cover, um, that the, were, w- but would they cover the visit. line? And were you getting value? Because that, that's that, what I'm talking that, about that, here,
1: right? That, that, that's a different deal. Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah. That that, that, that that's a different deal. Value no, um, value no. But I mean, a lot of the times in college, I'm taking money lines um, over the spreads. Which but then I mean, in those do, with those home teams, you're paying you're, a shitload of money for those. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're overpaying. Um, you're overpaying, but the volatility is not there um, for the most part. Like, would do I, I, think that would I rather have? Would I rather Clemson? have a?
0: Would I rather have a Duke team though that that goes up twenty-one nothing against Florida State in the example you just gave, and I'm holding a ticket at plus two thirty-five, plus uh, you know two seventy-five, plus two eighty-five. Of course, oh, I would yeah. rather than a Florida State team that I got for what minus two fifty, minus two
1: seventy-five. Correct, but then when the outcome of the game is that F S U waxes that ass in the second half, I mean it doesn't matter if you're holding the Duke ticket. F S U won. Um at the end of the day. The value, yeah, you can't I can't I can't make an argument for value. Um the value is absolutely there. And I'm sure if you play the long game and do and run the numbers, betting on that value is going to probably give you a higher plus minus um in the long run versus laying those uh those secure uh fat bets. My partner, my business partner did that on uh on the tournament. I forget who it was, but he goes, Oh dude, they're four fifty, they're guaranteed to win. He goes and puts 5k on them, and I was like, "Dude, that was stupid." And he's like, uh, th- "No, it's not. It's a sure bet." I go, "Okay." They got waxed, and I forget which team it was. It was in the, it was the second week of the tournament. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's that that that's the calculus. Yeah, yeah, basketball. Um, that that's the calculus that plays in here, which I I, so, I agree with you on. If I'm gonna lose 5k to potentially make one, meanwhile I can bet. Two cat or a thousand to win twenty five hundred. That's gonna that, that that that's gonna even out eventually.
0: All right, let me give you an even bigger tip then, because I think that this is a great little secret. Instead of betting the underdog on the road, here is something you should look for: look for underdogs where the total is set low. So we're not talking money line bets anymore. We're talking about spread bets. If you look at a low total, right? So we're talking the points over or under, and you've got a road dog that you like. Fewer points actually make it harder for the favorite to cover the spread. It's basically the bookie saying to you, we don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, but we still favor Team X. If you look, if you like the underdog and it's a low total game and you're catching points, since 2005, road dogs with a total of 50 or less have have hit at 53.2%. That's a pretty great margin if you look Damn. at it. If, if the total is 45 or less... They've gone 424 and 353. That's 54% winning percentage. And if you look at 45 or less playing a conference opponent, you're looking at a 55.9% winning margin. So there's a lot of statistical history here to say if you like a road dog, don't play them on the money line, play them with the spread if the total is low. So 50. Yeah. 50- 45 and lower than 45 points you can combine those and then make your strategy a little bit more solid so the fsu duke example that we were just talking about again it's a theoretical example but if that total let's say was 45 or 48 points and you had duke plus eight nine ten well you're laughing at that point because you know you've kind of got it baked in and that the book is actually telling you something about that total
1: yeah yeah yeah. i I like that i've never i I don't really play the over-unders that much but that makes a lot of sense but you, you don't um, even have to play the over/under,
0: right? You can just look at it as a piece of information.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, what do you think about the bets like Alabama, like minus fifty, against like a uh, against like a cupcake? I'm assuming you steer clear of those. You would assume um, correctly, sir. Yeah. You would assume
0: correctly. I, listen, I look for things like you know, if I'm betting an underdog, I look for typically an underdog on the road. That's a you know against a four-point favorite or less. Right. If you've got those little yeah. middle games, you can have a lot of fun with them. Uh, there's a lot of profit that can be had when it comes to the short spread, which means a, an underdog is getting four points or fewer. Uh, public betters love home favorites. I wouldn't touch the double digit spreads because I think for me, it's it, there's just no advantage to it. Like, why do I want to sit there and hope at the no. end that somebody doesn't get a garbage touchdown? At that point, it's not handicapping. You're re- relying on luck. And I think that's where a lot of betters go wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm definitely very very guilty of that just slamming double double digit spreads. Um just off the top of my head, Northwestern is usually a a, a college that I bet against a lot because they play sexy names like Penn State, Ohio yeah, State, conference Michigan play. and they upset they they upset the favorites all the time. Um, Wisconsin, um North, Northwestern's always that that small school that you know that's got a great academic program their football team you want to kind of say is is and but they usually go in and give the uh give the opponent the business um when it's in conference play you also so you lo know when I stop betting against them
0: when we talk about underdogs though if you take a short road dog to win straight up so on the money line the numbers may not suggest oh, yeah. they may not suggest that it's a profitable strategy but when you think about what you're getting back if you look at it road dogs getting fewer than 4 points They've gone 532 and 598. That's 47.1% on the money line, which isn't bad, but it looks like a losing record. But when you no. factor in the fact that it's plus money payouts that you're getting, you're actually getting 84 yeah, units with a 7.5% return on investment.
1: Okay. Which, yes, I mean that's like, I think mean, that's something I would follow. That's great.
0: Right? I mean, that's what you've got to think about, though, right? Like, if I like this road dog, do I like them enough that they can win? The percentages suggest that, yeah, if you factor in everything we talked about with the total, you can make some solid money there betting them on the money line, even though it doesn't feel like uh, you're getting a win time after time. You might not week after week, but enough might add up for you and should add up for you that you're going to get some money back, some healthy money back.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do we want to get into some picks here?
1: Yeah, let's... uh... So let them rep. These are, I, I like these. I like these games. <laughs> You're already they looking fall at under them. That, they, they, fall under, they, they fall under that criteria.
0: They do. Well, that's what I like to do, right? I like to take people through the process a little bit. You know, in another podcast, we can get into, uh, I know you love when I talk about the weather, but we can get into wind. We can get into temperature and how those affect totals. Uh, I think one very quick thing I would say about about weather when it comes to totals is that don't forget that in in a lot of heat situations, Uh, You're going to look at defenses in the third and fourth quarter are going to start to struggle. These are kids in a lot of win situations. These are quarterbacks that don't have power arms. Not every one of them is an NFL quarterback. Some of them will barely make the grade as a, as a backup quarterback. You got to keep that in mind. But we'll expand on that as we get further uh, into other episodes. And I will say that Stormy Juan Tony from VEASAN is going to join the show uh, this week. So she's going to have her full college football breakdown. Uh, she's done a great job out there in Vegas and does a lot of great sideline work. So we're excited to have her on. Let's get to the games. Anthony, I promised three big picks. Nevada versus New Mexico State. You're thinking to yourself, this sounds like the guy on the radio that I was just talking about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh listen, this the, this line opened at Nevada -11. I caught them at I caught New Mexico State getting 10 points. No team in the entire country saw their roster get decimated in the offseason like the Nevada Wolfpack. They return only six starters. They're going to be without 45 players from last year's roster. They've got a new coach. They're leaning away from the air raid system which made Nevada actually pretty popular in the last couple of years. They're going to transition yeah. to the run. Uh, New Mexico State, they might not be making a lot of national headlines. Hell, I don't know if they're going to win many more games than this one. Their coach, Jerry Kill, smart guy, deep at linebacker when it comes to New Mexico State. The line is moving in the right direction. So when I say that, meaning it started at 11, it's now at 9. That means betters, big-time sharp sharps out there. Uh, they see some value here in New Mexico State. If you can still get them at 9, I like them. I think they may even pull the upset on the money line. I think this Nevada team is going to come in woefully unprepared. I don't think they have the, the chops to win this game. Uh give me the nine points all day in a, in a, a yeah, I think a pretty easy walk for New Mexico State.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm I I, I definitely uh, I've watched Nevada in the past. I've bet on Nevada in the past and they've have been an air attack team. Um it'll be interesting to see how they uh how they pivot.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, let, let's just keep the, the good times rolling here. My other game, TCU versus Colorado. The line opened TCU minus uh, eight. Uh, it's now TCU minus ten and a half. So this is a bit of a contrarian play, meaning the line is moving in the opposite direction of what I think is going to happen here. Uh, you know, you look at it. No, sorry, it, it, the line is moving in the right direction for me. Uh, but now you're giving a, a lot more points. The Colorado Buffaloes, they're going to have a hard time here. They're going to have a very hard time here matching TCU point for point. Uh, they've got a lot of inexperience at quarterback, running back. Uh, whoever wins the quarterback job, they haven't figured it out yet at Texas Christian. They're going to have plenty of offensive weapons. Coach Dykes has a great offense. I'm actually pretty excited about the Horn Frogs this season. At 10.5, yeah. it's, it's a bigger line. I don't love the double digits, but I will sneak in and say if you can get 10, if you can get 10 even, Go with TCU minus ten. The hook might be a little much because I think Colorado still will play competitively, being the first game of the season. But I do like TCU minus ten if you can get it. There, do you buy lines? Are you somebody who buys the line at all?
1: Uh, sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes, yeah. But it's usually if it's at like a three-point line, I'll buy it down to like two and a half, just so I can't, just so I don't push. And then if it's like a seven-seven point line, I'll buy it down to like six and a half. Um, just if they win by a touchdown, I don't push. Do you feel um,
0: as dirty as I do buying lights?
1: <laughs> you do. I mean, I don't, you do. I, I I don't as, I don't as, I guess, cerebral. I don't, I don't focus on the actual plus or minus of the line. I guess like you do. Um, because I mean, like obviously you're trying to extract as much value as possible, um, yeah. out of the bets. Um, I definitely don't look at it through the point of view of like just true value. I'm like, all right, well, that line's 150. I want to win 500. So I'll bet X. Um, or it's like, oh, well, that looks good. I'm going to put that in a parlay since now I'm going to get better odds on like a multiplier. Um, if it's, if it's like that, I mean, I don't mind paying the juice. Um, I probably should, um, as far as best practices go. Um, but yeah, if, if I, I, I'm, I care more what I think is going to, uh, turn the odds in my, into my favor. Um, so I mean, if I think it's going to be a close game, but I think they could easily win by a touchdown, I would just rather pay the extra juice, have the six and a half, and win. Um, I hate pushing. I mean, I'd rather you're it's buying an insurance. Mindset. You're buying an insurance. Yeah, it's also. a terrible, it's a terrible mindset. But I'd rather lose than than push. Um, to be to be honest, it's like I watched the entire game. I invested this time and money, and there's no outcome for me. See again. Um, so I mean, why are you watching yeah.
0: the game for entertainment? You stop. You, you just. I guess you're not in that situation. You're waiting for an outcome. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you just don't like. It's like what do they say? A, a tie's like kissing your sister.
1: Yeah, it's just to me. It's just it's useless. It's for the <laughs> most part. All
0: right. Let me get to the big play of the uh, of the college football week one. Uh, This is a team I could not be more hot on Uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They take on Cincinnati line opened at minus eight Arkansas minus eight. It's now minus seven. You want to talk. uh, You want to talk value. Give me that all day. This this might be one of my favorite picks of the year. Uh, the Razorbacks are coming off a highly successful season. They looked fantastic. Uh, they won eight games in the regular yeah. season, followed it up with a big bowl win over Penn State in the Outback. Uh, they, beat, they Last year, they beat LSU, Texas A&M, and Missouri in conference play. They crushed Texas 40-21 to 21 in non-conference play. Listen, the, this coach has been able, Sam Pittman, has been able to keep his entire coaching staff. He brings back starting quarterback K.J. Jefferson, who just the other day I put a Heisman bet on and i put a very sizable amount of money for me big unit play at plus 5000 for kj jefferson to win the heisman and i don't say that often
1: really
0: yeah yeah i'm very hot on this kid i think this team could challenge alabama uh, the razorbacks average the best rushing yards in the sec 228 per game they've got a lot of pieces in in the in the backfield that they're going to use it's going to be running back by committee I think KJ Jefferson is unfucking stoppable and I think the Razorbacks roll Cincinnati. You're kidding me. I only have to give a touchdown to make that happen. Giddy up. I would probably give 2. I think Cincinnati's got imposter syndrome. I think they're a team that's going to regress. Uh last year, of course, they challenged and, you know, they were in the the championship conversation. I just don't think that they have the pedigree to have that happen year year to year back-to-back. Back. So, give me the Arkansas Razorbacks who I am super hot on minus the 7 points.
1: Sold. I'll be laying action on Arkansas, come um, come come week one. Um, I do agree with you though. I mean those those teams in the SEC. That's where the conference matters. Um, Arkansas getting talent. They're in that region. They they've been. There was one point. I mean where was I mean this is a long. This is a throwback. But when they had Darren McFadden, and they had a couple yeah. other players um, for a couple of years, they were good. I mean they were competing in the SEC um, and for bowl games. Um, they did have that that bounce back season last year, and I mean, yeah, I think Cincinnati's. They lost their starting quarterback. They went to the league last year. Um, I would bet against a new, uh, a brand new starting quarterback in that environment all day, um, on the road.
0: Yeah, and again, I think that the Heisman bet is a good one. You know, last year I had C.J. Stroud rode him all the way till he was sitting in New York, right beside the guy who ended ended up winning the Heisman, but. You know, I got C.J. Stroud last year at plus 3,000, and now look at him. He's the favorite to win the Heisman this year at plus 250. So I I think there's lots of value in K.J. Jefferson. I've already got my ticket. I'm already excited about that. And I I think you, overall, just kind of in closing... You can't make the assumption that Alabama is going to go unchallenged forever. I know that Georgia had a good run at them last year. I think that, you know, you've got Arkansas having a good run at them this year. At some point, that cracks. We saw it with the New England Patriots. If we're going to make the Saban-Belichick comparison, I think you're likely to see it at some point. And I think this is the point you're going to see it where they regress back towards being not average, but being less than super dominant as they have been over the last couple of years.
1: I would like nothing more than to see that, to be honest, but it's I think it's not I think it's going to be a function of NIL um I think the NIL stuff has drawn talent away from Alabama um and to be honest if you're talking about value on the Heisman I'd be uh laying a little bit on the guy in Miami um he's a prototypical NFL quarterback with a cannon of an arm um and a plus 4,000 I don't think he's uh I I'm I'm gonna lay some on him um I thought I I I wasn't allowed
0: to talk about how I liked Miami
1: Tyler uh Tyler Van Dyke (laughs) yeah I would uh I'd bet on him because it's it's one and done. He's gone after this season. He's gonna go to the league. Um then UM just stacked two quarterbacks behind him. Um so I mean I think he has a hell of a season and I think Crystal Ball gets them marching in the right direction. I'll probably be marching to a different tune come week four. Um, but I mean I would just like him from an odds perspective where he's at as far as the uh Heisman bets go. All right, T V D Especially at plus plus four thousand
0: tvd for anthony kj for me it should be an interesting college football season of course we will have lots more as the weeks unfold leave a comment won't you who do you like in the heisman race who do you like when it comes to winning the national championship and what's on on your mind when it comes to week one in college football we'd love to hear from you anthony thank you so much man hey thanks for watching this is the part where we put you to work just a little bit so like subscribe and of course tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out leave a comment if you can and if you really liked what you saw share it on social media won't you